2: From
1: um, Cabernet to they're here to slay the Art History
2: Babes. Art History Babe Briefs.
0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Jen. I'm Ginny. And we are the Art History Babes. And we have a quick baby episode on Andy Warhol.
1: Or Andrew Warholla. War- yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Also known as... <laughs> formerly known as... The artist formerly known as Andrew Warhola. Yes. Nice. Exactly.
2: This is certainly going to be at some point followed up with a full-length episode because Andy Absolutely. Warhol... There is a lot to unpack. Yeah,
0: there's literally on YouTube a three-hour documentary about him. Oh, wow. There's so much. There's so yes. much. And we all have a lot of thoughts and things. Yes. So there will definitely at some point be a full-length one. But here's just some little tidbits yeah. about Andy Warhol. Just <laughs> some little good stuff. points to get you through yeah, if you need them or you want them. Yeah. So
2: Andy was born in Pittsburgh in 1928 to parents Julia and Andrej Warhola who immigrated to the states from Slovakia when Andy was young he was kind of sickly and spent a lot of time in bed and when he was at home staying home from school he would spend a lot of time drawing and listening to the radio and this was much more a part of his childhood than socializing with peers Later, he studied at the Carnegie Institute of Technology in Pittsburgh from 1945 to 49. After which, he moved to New York, where he began work as a commercial artist and illustrator. His artistic work during the 50s was often lighthearted in theme, whimsical and colorful, with outlined black ink and colored dye. Much of the work was actually for fashion houses and advertisements, so that's how he made his living in those early years.
0: Although he was able to support himself with his commercial work, Andy wanted to pursue painting and become a professional, noteworthy painter like Jasper Johns and Robert Rauschenberg. Don't we all?
1: Oh, right? <laughs> Me, please. <laughs>
0: I would love it. (laughs) He admired both of them very much. And he wanted to become that famous artist, famous painter. And he began painting works that drew from advertisements and comic strips, referring to material he was familiar with as a commercial artist and illustrator. And as you can imagine, combining this advertisement style and Mm -hmm. high art, quote unquote, you end up with pop art. Boom, boom. Early pop art. Andy soon moved to more hard-lined,
2: less gestural paintings, although he still largely focused on subjects relating to consumerism and pop culture. He wanted to present art that was no longer emotional and intimate in its exchange with the viewer, but kind of more in-your-face and demanding, even at times, off-putting. He used stencils, stamps, and silkscreen, And subject matter to convey work that was mass printed, much like advertisements. This was done with the intent to comment on consumer culture, wealth, fame, and material possession, all while kind of questioning
0: what makes fine art in the process. And this would include probably his most infamous work? Yes. The Campbell soup cans. Right. I feel like if you know nothing else about Andy Warhol, you, you know, know those. You know the soup cans. Yeah, yes. you
1: know that he did soup. You know <laughs> he did the Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> you know he right. was
0: about that soup life. <laughs> right,
2: um, <laughs> right. And like playing with that concept of advertisement, so you have that basic, very recognizable Label of the Campbell's tomato soup cans, which I don't even think they've changed. They no. really haven't. They I look mean, literally the same. Yeah, yeah, maybe
0: some slight detail right. modifications, but in general, they're, they're right. the same.
2: Right. So taking that and then reproducing it is a way of both presenting kind of consumerist culture and advertising culture, but doing it in a way that's painted, but it comes off like it was fed through a printer, mm-hmm. and it was just his way of commenting on a lot of these things, but it's still considered painting, and yeah. it's still there' There's a, a
0: conceptual twist to totally. it. Totally. Also, I wonder if the reason the soup cans haven't changed is because of Andy Warhol. Geez, that's something I've never thought about. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Right? Like, yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and I mean he made it such an iconic image. Why would you change I know. It? Yeah, also, yeah. If your soup can label
1: is hanging in the MoMA, (laughs) then maybe don't change it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. Oh, man.
0: That's a good guideline. Yeah, right. From the early 60s onward, Andy's process involved screen printing photographic images to canvas that was usually painted in one color or colors that corresponded exactly to the colors of the photograph. With the help of his assistants in his studio, also known as the factory, (laughs) also known as a crazy party spot. Yes. (laughs) The things that went on at the factory. Can you imagine going to a party at the factory? I can't.
1: I would go and probably do weird drugs (laughs) and get ripped off by Andy Warhol.
0: (laughs) When they had the Andy Warhol exhibit at the Crocker, they did this really cute kids' area that was supposed to be the factory. (laughs) Oh. Which was, it was was really cute. It really was. They had all these activities for kids and they tried to kind of recreate visual elements of the factory. But at the (laughs) same time, I was like, this is so diametrically opposed to what the factory was. It was not for children. Children do not belong there. Um, But I appreciate when exhibitions have an element for kids. And so it was was a fun way to do it. But I I was like, this is interesting. Yeah, Um, (laughs) Still very adorable idea right right Right. anyways andy was able to remove his hand more and more from the process because of his assistance at the factory this worked to challenge conceptions of fine art and what made art versus what was just advertisement content for average consumers it's also just interesting because you have that question of artists with workshops right and the artist deserves the credit exactly once once the workshop is making a majority of the work what does that mean right
1: you know that's a really funny thing to bring up and we won't get deep into it because this is a baby (laughs) episode but we don't really
0: think about that when we're talking about say a medieval artist yeah you know, I think because when you're talking about medieval art, everyone was kind of in a workshop. Right. You know? right. We've given medieval artists that we might know about, which are very, very few. few. We've given them credit after the fact. Right. But at the time, it's not like they were Andy Warhol's, you know what I mean? Right. So exactly. they, were, they were artisans. Yes. Everyone was an artisan. Right. But then in the modern era, you have these situations where you have a big name mm-hmm. and then you have a workshop mm-hmm. of no names.
2: Exactly. It's- I mean, and that's, yes it can get a little complicated there too because the idea is that okay you work in a workshop of a very well-known artist and then maybe you too will be able to be an artist who then has people working for you <laughs> in a I, workshop but obviously I, it doesn't always happen. I'd be
0: curious <laughs> to know how much it does happen like were there yeah. a lot of important artists that came out of mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Cause, cause I don't know because as far as like the renaissance so. and even
2: the baroque almost all of the artists that were working in workshops under masters they then later were. Right. Mm-hmm. they own masters and then had people working under them but I feel like now it's not the same I don't think
0: it is that's a topic for another episode re- I think. absolutely Work- workshops yeah. we should just yeah talk workshops. we touched it but and now us- we're letting it go <laughs> Release it. <laughs> good night. That's what I've been learning in meditation. <laughs> you just like let the thought pass yeah. through your brain. Putting it That's to a good practice. Thought. See you another time soon. Not today. <laughs> Anyways, another thing Andy was very well known for was his portraits of famous people. So we have the portrait of Marilyn Monroe, you know, her image over and over and over right. again. So uh, iconic. Just so, so many famous people that he did portraits yeah. of. Mm-hmm. So the art center I used to work at back home did a thing where you could buy an Andy Warhol style portrait. Like you could oh. like get your photo taken and then yeah. they print like an Andy Warhol style portrait for you. Mm-hmm. In, like the four squares. So just another you can do consumer, that on, yeah, right. consumeristic, you, you know. can do right. that on
1: Instagram now. Take a selfie, turn the saturation up 800%. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: there it is there you yeah. go.
1: <laughs> there you go <laughs> I feel like that was a setting on the early
2: photo booth
0: on my yes, laptop Yes 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 it totally was <laughs> and I was like ooh cool I don't know if it was called like Andy Warhol but it definitely did that right. same effect oh yeah
1: oh well moving on Andy addressed themes of fame consumerism, the value of art, and mass production. Obviously, there's much more to discuss about the life and work of Annie Warhol, but these are just some quick points to give you some context on this fascinating and controversial artist. Wrapping it up, Annie Warhol came into contact with a strange lady in the <laughs> mid-1960s by the name of Valerie Solanas she was a feminist writer she met annie warhol and asked him to produce her play up your blank this is a (laughs) censored episode and i will not say what it was called um so she gave him her script and she later accused him of losing and or stealing it more than likely she accused him of stealing it annie warhol side note had a bad habit of stealing work it's still up for debate but there was some stuff some unethical <laughs> practices <laughs> Valerie Solanas demanded financial compensation for the lost script and Warhol hired her instead to perform in his film I a man he paid her $25 <laughs> so at this time Solanus was self-publishing her work the scum manifesto <laughs> SCUM stands for the Society for Cutting Up Men. Very radical feminist. The manifesto was a critique of patriarchal culture. So she is trying to become a writer in her own right. At the same time, she was convinced that not only Andy Warhol, but a Olympia Press owner by the name of Maurice Erodius were trying to conspire to steal her work. She bought a gun in 1968. She went to the factory mm. where she found Andy Warhol and she shot him three times. The first two missed, but the final one did wound Warhol. She also shot art critic Mario Amaya and attempted to shoot Andy Warhol's manager, Fred Hughes, but the gun jammed. She then turned herself into the police. She was charged with attempted murder, assault, and illegal possession of a gun, and was eventually diagnosed as paranoid schizophrenic and pleaded guilty to reckless assault with intent to harm. She served three years in prison, went to a psychiatric hospital, eventually was released, and died in 1988 of pneumonia in San Francisco. Andy Warhol would struggle with complications from the shooting for the remainder of his life. And in 1987, he died at the age of 58 following gallbladder surgery at New York Hospital. He died in his sleep from a sudden post-operative irregular heartbeat. Mm. Sad stuff.
0: So just to wrap up this little episode, I've got a couple of Andy Warhol quotes. He's a very quotable person. I know. Like, there's yeah. so much. So I just picked two for this one, but maybe on the full-length episode, i will we'll have, we'll like, ten. Love a party. Love a quote <laughs> party. Yay. So the first one is a quote that I actually had. I had an Andy Warhol print in my apartment in undergrad, and I had this quote on it, and I've always loved it. Isn't life a series of images that change as they repeat themselves? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And I mean, isn't it, though? That's pretty deep. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that is real. And I feel like it also just... Adds such a layer to his work right. because that's what so much of his work was. Right, you know, were images that were different but were the same, and so I think that that you know, if you're looking for deeper meaning in Andy Warhol work, than just this poppy advertise based image like there is this like deeper concept going on that he was obviously thinking about and yeah just uh philosophically something to think about. Yep. And then also another very Andy Warhol quote. Making money is art and working is art and good business is the best art. That is very Andy Warhol. Right? right? I actually, so if you don't follow us on Instagram, you should. Sometimes I'll post quotes by artists and then you can like vote on them, like Mm -hmm. vote your opinions on them. And we posted this one. It was really interesting. I think it was close to a 50-50 split. 50% of people were very much like, yeah, get your money. And around 50% of people were very much in the camp of, you know, the idea of making money off art mm-hmm. takes away from it. And, right. And, um, right. So it's, it's interesting that it was that even of a split. But, you know, you get to decide is business art? Like, do you consider it art? Is, right. Is it, art business? Exactly. Making money off your art is that right? its own art? Mm. <laughs> so many layers because Andy Warhol was really good at making money oh yeah <laughs> he was very adept at that yeah yes and, you know that's uh no small feat so it's just some little information about andy warhol excited for our full-length episode where we're, oh, gonna, yes. we're yeah. gonna discuss all the layers of this yes film.
1: i can't wait really quick to our listeners check out factory girl Great movie. And check out I Shot Andy Warhol. Also, a great movie, both about Andy Warhol and yeah. The Factory. And Abby Jacobson
2: did an episode where she talks about Andy Warhol in and Piece of Work podcast. Yes. Also, worth a listen in our basquiat episode oh yeah talk about andy warhol Mm -hmm. as well yeah Mm -hmm. go back into Mm -hmm. the
0: archives check out our jean-michel basquiat episode yeah do it um and we discuss their relationship which is also just very very interesting Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so thank you for listening have a good time thanks goodbye
2: from
1: Um, I think that the word might be, um, mm, (laughs) I think, I I thought that saying that would like make it come.
0: (laughs) Cynical! The Art History Babes podcast is made possible by support from our lovely listeners via Patreon. Head over to Patreon.com slash Art History Babes to help keep the Art History Babes going and for access to bonus content. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us.
2: Just this overall sense of community, and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids.
0: See what makes Minnesota the Star of the North.